Hello everyone and welcome back to Fantasy Football Sauce. This is episode 6 and this is after the week 1 games have been played. And boy, was it great to see some football. Um, but boy, was it disappointing to see some of the football we saw. Um, a lot of disappointments out there, especially in the kicking games. We had a weather game. We had some a lot of injuries. It was really not how I wanted week 1 to turn out. But we got to see football and that's great. And quite honestly, I do believe that these teams take a while to warm up. Vegas was so wrong on so many things. But, you know, these professional football players, they don't like to practice. And I just really don't think that they get a lot of work in ahead of time, or at least real work. It's really easy to look good against your own team. But you get out there in real action, and you start to identify where your flaws are. And they get better really fast. So you take a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, I expect them to get a lot better really fast. So I'm not worried about some of the stuff I saw in week one. I don't think the Bears are beating the 49ers in week two if they were to play again. Um, you know, there's there's a lot happening out there. And um, I'm looking back and looking to break down some of these picks and some of these selections. And I'm not going to get into the news on this podcast because, uh, quite frankly, if you're listening to this podcast, podcast you're you're looking for some really deep cuts um some really deep analysis uh you know right now i don't even think this is on itunes yet um so if you are listening thank you um i hope this is valuable we do have some wins to talk about today um but as it was explained initially in this podcast the real purpose of this is putting these picks on record being able to plant my flag and say i did that i picked those guys um, and they worked out. And so it's really more of a historical record than anything. If you're getting something out of this, I love it. Um, but this is really just a personal um, dream of mine to, to put my ideas onto a podcast and get it out there on the Internet. So let's get right into it. So there's some victory laps that could be taken here. I called Daryl Henderson. I got him on all my teams. I was really waving that flag, and it just – it. Not only did it work out, it worked out way better than I thought it would. But there is a word of caution here. I would not take a victory lap on Daryl Henderson. You've, if you drafted him, you've got a great asset. Congratulations. It may not be permanent. I would treat Cam Akers like I was treating Daryl Henderson before. The roles are now reversed. Right now... I love Cam Akers as a value. And, you know, I couldn't stand him when I was having to draft him early. And um, I was getting Daryl Henderson so late. I was getting him on every single team. Well, now the roles are reversed. I've got a good asset. But if somebody's going to give away Cam Akers, I'm going to take him. Um, I'm not offering much for him. So to put this into perspective and to give an example, you know, I would offer if we were to redraft today, and you looked at where all the players fell on today's draft, I would trade for him around where I would draft him. So, you know, some of those later guys, I would trade for him. I would trade a, you know, a veteran or a guy on a bad team that had a, a decent day. I'd trade that for Cam Akers. I would not give up anything good for him. Um, nothing that you would draft in, like, the first seven rounds. So, you know, don't give a – you know, a decent running back, don't give a decent receiver, um, not because it couldn't work out, just because you don't have to. The evidence right now suggests 
and he doesn't have any value. So go get him, get him cheap, put him on your bench. And if he doesn't work out and you cut him, like you didn't give anything for it. Uh, that's the strategy on Cam Akers right now. But again, I would be very cautious with these victory laps. Man, I'm so glad they worked out. Um, I'm so happy uh, that it's on record. But now I'm pulling back and saying, pump the brakes. You have the starting running back for the Rams right now. That could change. So if you can get some insurance, go get Cam Akers. Go do it. Another guy, a victory lap, uh, Gerald Everett. Late guy. So late. I get got him in the last round of my drafts. Didn't even have to pay for him. Get my kicker before this guy. And he paid off in a big way in week one. Now, it's, again, no victory laps here. This is week one. Um, and, you know, Keenan Allen's out now. There seems to be more opportunity for Gerald Everett. But I would be careful. Don't trade away George Kittle um, for some other asset unless you get something really good for him just because you think you have a tight end one for the year. Uh, I'm hopeful that you do, but don't make that decision based upon one week. Again, this is that was my predicted player. I thought he was going to do well. I think he'll be a tight end one on the season, but I don't think he's going to be better than George Kittle. Uh, so let's just be uh, really clear about a few things here. You know, another a few other guys that I was right about. And these are only late guys. Now, it's easy to be right about um, Justin Jefferson. Like, he was my number one overall wide receiver. He showed out. Um, but that's easy. Like, so many people had him high. I'm, I'm not claiming that as a victory. Um, but these later guys that I'm talking about, like uh, Jamal Williams, not so much a victory lap. But remember what I said. I said, this is a guy that you can draft late and – you, you can have him for a flex. He'll get you, you know, 10 standard points maybe, maybe eight standard points. But if you're like in a, a bye week or something like that, you need a guy to plug into your flex, that's great. Or if you're down a running back and you just need an, uh, you, you've got an emergency situation, you know, some of these guys like Najee Harris, he might miss a week. Like Jamal Williams is a good guy to slot in there to get you through a week and if your other players show up, then, you know, you can win some games with him. Uh, Pacheco, like, I, you know, I talked him up a little bit. I'd be very careful there. I, if you could sell him, I would. Um, sell him to the Clyde owner because I was high on, high on Clyde as well. Um, as you remember, I'm high on offenses that score a lot of points. Sometimes I don't know who that is. Um, and I take really the cheapest guy. That, that was the situation here. Um, I like Clyde the best. Uh, Pacheco, he represents that upside that I've been talking about with Daryl Williams and now has shifted to Cam Akers. Like, you know, if you got him, you're going to have to hold him. I don't think he's going to be good anytime soon. I don't see him taking that job necessarily. Um, he's a very valuable handcuff. I, he might be the most valuable handcuff right now. Uh, you know, he's like Alexander Madison was last year. Like, I would... I would definitely want that guy on my team, but he's more valuable as a trade asset, I believe, right now than on your bench because you're going to have to hold him on your bench. You're going to miss out on opportunities. If you can trade him away, maybe package him with something else to the Clyde owner and get an upgrade in another position that you're actually going to start, do that because you're going to start that player. If you can upgrade, you know, maybe a – trying to think of a guy that had a decent week 
oh man, there were so many guys that had bad weeks. But you know, if you could go get, you know, Allen Robinson, you know, that his value is in the tank for, you know, some guy you drafted late and Pacheco, like do that. Bet on that. That's another guy I'm targeting, Allen Robinson. And a lot of people are. That's not a hot take. Go get these guys on good offenses that were that have preseason expectations to play really well. Get them. Get them cheap. Now's the time. You'll miss the window. And you know what? If they don't work out, again, what I just said, get them cheap. Um, you know, trade a guy that you don't have a lot invested in. Like, if you have Curtis Samuel on your team, like, could you get Allen Robinson? Maybe. And maybe you throw in a piece like a Pacheco to get it done. Um, I mean, I'm not 100% confident that works out. But if you've got Curtis Samuel on your team, like he's not your starter. So I'd take a swing for a wide receiver two or, or somebody we thought was going to be a wide receiver two coming in the year than, um, you know, Curtis Samuel who just surprised us in week one because, quite honestly, that might be the last we see of Curtis Samuel. Um, I don't think so. I picked him up on some teams. But – it's in the range of outcomes. So those are the the late round hits. And again, you know, I got other guys um, that I hit on. You know, I was high on Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor. Surprise, surprise. Um, that was a, a FanDuel play where I said if you can justify the the money, then build a lineup around him. He's going to be great. So it wasn't a hot take on draft Jonathan Taylor, number one overall. Everybody had that. It was really more about justifying that salary. Um, Clyde, I was I was high on in daily. Uh, obviously, he paid off. Uh, he, just going down the list, uh, Michael Pittman, Justin Jefferson, Hollywood Brown, all guys I were high on at their salary in daily. Um, so again, no no shockers there, but at their salary, and they did very well. And at the tight end position, of course, Gerald Everett. Um, you know, high on I was high on Kittle, but he got hurt. Mark, and- Mark Andrews had a uh, game. I would not panic on Mark Andrews at all. Stick stick with him. Ride it out. He'll be great. And then Kyle Pitts. Uh, that was a real shame because Atlanta actually played decent. You would have thought he would have been more involved. I would hold Kyle Pitts. And again, trade for these guys. If somebody's panicking, trade for them. Trade Gerald Everett and something for Kyle Pitts. If somebody's dumb enough to take that, then do it. You know I love Gerald Everett, um, but that's just stupid. Take the deal. Uh, so some misses here. like So a lot of my misses really come down to Chiefs wide receivers and Packers wide receivers, which, you know, Lazard, he didn't play. The Packers were a mess. Uh, I was really just looking for upside there. Um, Sammy Watkins was a guy I'd, I'd slide in if I had to or if I needed a cheap daily play. You know, that one didn't really work out. Um, and, you know, the rookies and Randall Cobb, you know, just nothing doing for the Packers. And it's just gross. Um, but I still believe, like, somebody is going to emerge as a pass catcher there. And it kind of gave me more confidence in Alan Lazard, strangely. And I didn't want that because if you listen to the, the previous episodes – I was suggesting that Lazard is a first four or five week, maybe six week play. I would I would bail on him after that, and I would I would look to target the Green Bay rookie receivers. I still feel that way, but man, nobody showed up, and and Lazard wasn't on the field, so it, it may indicate that 
when Lazard gets back on the field, that he's going to be the focal point of the passing game. So he's a good guy to hold, even though I'm very hesitant because he's already missed week one of that six-week stretch that I'm talking about. If he misses another, like, ugh. You know, keeping him around on a bench, especially if you don't have uh, a lot of IR slots, and there's a lot of injuries out there. I've got, you know, teams with three injured players, and I don't have enough IR slots. So it might be a situation where I have to drop him, and I don't feel great about it. But, again, I just don't like him as a as a full-season play. I like him as an early-season play. And um, probably the biggest, we're going to use air quotes, miss is Saquon Barkley. And, you listen, take your victory lap if you want to. And does it, it may work out. It could work out. It could have a great season. But, listen, I'm a statistics professor. Tonight I'll be teaching regression. Like, this is, like, elementary regression. Like, do we think the Giants are that good? And if to answer that question, just apply what the Giants did to the Titans. To the Giants. If Saquon is all they have, they're going to lock him up. Derrick Henry is a phenomenal football player. They shut him down by paying attention to him and directing their defense towards him. You don't think that teams will do that to the Giants? Like, you gonna make, you gonna let Saquon beat you, or are you gonna let Daniel Jones beat you? I think you know the answer to that question. And go ahead, celebrate all you want. I'll be here to drink your tears or to toast your glass. It doesn't matter to me. But what matters to me is the data, and the data suggests that this isn't gonna last. So enjoy your Saquon. And again, uh, you know, the Derrick Henry on the flip side of that, I was really high on Derrick Henry, most of all because I thought they were going to smash the Giants. Well, Vegas said they were going to smash the Giants. It wasn't really me. Um, I use Vegas uh, to determine how I feel about players. And yeah, Vegas was wrong, uh, but by proxy, I'm wrong as well because I relied on the data. I'll take responsibility for that. But again, it's week one. Weird things happen. Um, You know, if if we want to come back six weeks from now and say Derrick Henry's a bust, then I'll take that. But I'm not taking that in week one, nor am I entertaining Saquon Barkley as back after one performance in week one. So, you know, here just to recap, um, you know, the picks in week one. Oh, boy. Matt Ryan really just, he hurt me. I, I Man, it's not like I was going to win the Sunday Million with that lineup, but Dang, I could have done so much better if that game had have turned out to expectation. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, like, how weird is that? That's another thing. Don't let this game sway you. Um, I would let this game encourage you in the passing game for Philadelphia. They, that team last year, like, what, what did we come into the year talking about? They don't give the running backs the ball near the goal line. And in this game, literally, like, all of their running backs got a touchdown. I do not expect that to continue. Um, if you've got an opportunity for Devonta Smith cheap, um, you're not getting A.J. Brown cheap because of his production. Uh, Dallas Goddard cheap. Um, Jalen, I don't think you're getting cheap at this point because he had a good game. Um, he just didn't get the touchdowns. But what I'm suggesting is there's a lot more upside here. Um, the Eagles passing game has a ton of upside right now, and I'd look to get some pieces. 
I would look to get Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Um, and if you've got Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown, I would hold them. And if you've got Miles Sanders, like, I wouldn't – like, I would be encouraged because this team's going to score a lot of points, and he's going to get some of those. Now, the running backs aren't going to get three a week, but Miles Sanders is going to get some of that, so I'd be encouraged. And I would not panic uh, Gainwell, Boston Scott. Like, I'm not interested. I'm just not. Um, A.J. Dillon was in. Um, some of the guys we haven't talked. Oh, Mike Williams. I, I can't end this podcast without talking about Mike Williams. If you would ask me my one player before week one that I'm just all in on, like this guy is a can't miss at his ADP, I would have said Mike Williams. He's going to be a top ten wide receiver. He's going to be excellent. He could be he could be the wide receiver one. Uh, I would have just – been singing his praises, and I did on this podcast. Boy, did he have a dud. And I'm not going to suggest that Keenan Allen's injury is going to make him good. I'm going to suggest that week one is weird. Stick to your guns. Um, I am, and again, if several weeks go by and he's not good, then you know I'll take my lumps for it. But I would stick to Mike Williams. If I didn't have him in every league I'm in, I'd go try to trade for, for him. But there again, I think he's going to be great. So that really wraps it up for the hits and misses. I'm going to do another podcast about week two, and we're going to look at the projections, uh, taking into account Vegas. And hopefully Vegas is a lot closer, and I have a lot of confidence that Vegas will be much, much better this week than they were last week. So the projections should work out very well, although they weren't bad. Um, the majority of these guys hit. Uh, it's just the misses and the injuries um, really kept me away from from having some some great lineups, which <laughs> kind of chuckle the hits and the and the injuries. That I mean, the misses and the injuries. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But you know, the the misses I'm not panicking on. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the injuries I can't control. So, but what I can do is be consistent, be patient with these players. And let the season play out. So as we move forward in in these projections, the way I'm going to look at players is weeks one through four, I'm sticking with my expectations. In week two, nothing changes. All the players that I liked before, I still like now. All the players I didn't like before, I don't like now, or at least at their price in ADP. As the weeks go by and we get it to week three, it shifts to like 75%. So I'm willing to entertain like, you know, for example, if Mike Williams has some just really meh games or two out of three that way, I'm starting to entertain the fact that he just might not be what I drafted him to be. And in the week four, it's like half and half. So again, if it's, you know, two out of four meh games or three out of four, like I'm starting to entertain the fact pretty seriously that he's just not going to be good for my team. And, you know, some notes I've, I've written down here, hold on to your good quarterbacks. Like Aaron Rodgers, like if it's your choice of Aaron Rodgers or Carson Wentz on your waiver wire, stick with Aaron Rodgers. Don't overreact to week one. And he, and that being said, he wasn't drafted to be 
a top 10 QB in most leagues anyway. So that should really be your expectation that not every game should be great. But it should be better than Carson Wentz. And, of course, you know, our wide receivers, they're more consistent. And week one showed us that. All the top-tier wide receivers were good. That should be really no surprise to you. And, but tight ends were very fluky. Kelsey was good. I liked him. But, you know, of course, the price there. Continue to value those guys very high. Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. Like, keep those guys high for now. Don't panic on an elite tight end because they are difference makers on your team. And they should be what they have been. So don't panic. And certainly don't trade away a, a good tight end for or because you have Gerald Everett. Like Gerald Everett should be good for you. But don't bail on one of the great guys at this point. All right, well, that wraps it up for a week one recap for Fantasy Football Sauce. I hope um, you, you did well in your fantasy leagues. As the data comes in, it will get better at this. That's how statistics work. Um, sample size increases. Our projections get better. So I'm looking forward to gathering more data. But, you know, there again, week two is going to be we're, we're, we're holding the wheel tight. We're keeping it right in the middle of the road. Uh, we're going to set it like we expected to in week one, and we're going to see how some of these predictions work out. Um, there again, expect another podcast soon, and that will talk about our starts for week two of the 2022 football season. Peace.